Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. There's a very, this story in Matthew is so interesting. Okay, so again, we're going to go where the wise men come into the story, right? So everybody's probably heard the, the song we sing about, you know, the three wise men, right? And that, and then you had the picture of seeing them there at the manger. How many of y'all have seen? I think there's probably, a, we probably have something. Here. There they are. They're the wise men at the manger, right? Y'all see the little scene there? Y'all know that's not even in the Bible at all. That didn't even happen at all. But it's something <laughs> that we stick up. But, but that didn't happen. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll see this in just a minute. But anyway... Look at this, if you would, if you get your Bibles or your, your phones, app, Bible apps, to um, Matthew chapter 2. And it says this, look at this in verse 1 and 2. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came, or uh, magi came, to Jerusalem from the east, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and has come to worship him. Now, I want y'all to just, we hear the story, but I want you to think of how unusual this is, okay? Um, and this would have been very strange to the Jews, right? Um, how can God tell somebody, something through a star. I want you to think about how strange that might sound to you, okay? Um, what if you had been there that day and these people come and you're, you're a Jew and you're around the community that's talking about God and here come these people from someplace, they don't talk about God, they, they don't serve your God and they say, we saw a star. Um, and it's uh, telling us where the, what, what, you understand what I'm saying? Wouldn't you go, oh yeah, you saw a star, okay. So I want you, I want you to think about how strange that would have been. But biblically speaking, is it really that strange? Or is it just strange to our mindset in modern day America? Okay, um, think about this, okay? In Genesis 1, 14, God says, let there be lights, which we know those lights to be what? Sun, moon, stars, right? And he says, and let them be for signs. That is so interesting. That's in the first chapter of Genesis. Let there be lights, and let them be for signs and seasons. In Joel, Joel says this, the prophet Joel, before the day of the Lord. Now the day of the Lord ultimately is when Jesus returns, right? But there were many days of the Lord and those days, I, I love to think about this because I always wonder, are we in a day of the Lord or the day of the Lord? I'm, I'm looking for any day of the Lord, but a day of the Lord is when God steps into history and he judges. 
He brings things right. And I believe we're going to see it one way or the other. I believe we're either going to see a day of the Lord or the day of the Lord real soon. Amen. But anyway, Joel says this, before the day of the Lord, and I believe he's talking about the day of the Lord, the sun will be darkened and the moon turned to blood. He's saying here in the Old Testament, there's going to be a sign in the heavens, in the sky, in the sun and the moon, isn't he? Jesus said it himself, the sun will be darkened and the moon won't give its light. The stars will fall from the sky. At that time, at that time, the Son of Man will appear in heaven. Man, I tell you what, whenever I see, whenever, you know, you know what it means when it talks about the sun being darkened and the moon being turned to blood? We normally think that means a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. That's generally what we think they mean. In fact, Jesus said turn to blood, and um, we even call a lunar eclipse a blood moon, don't we, right? Anyway, and even in Acts, Peter says this again. The sun's going to be darkened. The moon's going to be turned to blood before the day of the Lord. So anyway, it's not that strange that God would use things in the heavens, in the sky, to communicate with us. Amen? You know, but, but we don't like to think like that. And most of the people that get into this are, are into, into it the wrong way. You know, I can go to a prayer meeting and get a word from God. And God can, tell, God can give someone a word to tell me. I, I was sharing this testimony the other day and I was just thinking, I'd never thought about what a, what a um, powerful word this is actually because it, it, it gives another um, proof to the ministry uh, that, that, you know, of, of giving words to people, hearing something and sharing with them. When I first got saved, I, I've shared many times that very first day I gave my life to the Lord, I got this word from this guy that's a New Testament prophetic minister, right? And it just shook me. He told me about my life. And, and years later, I was in this situation where there were all these people there. Uh, well, it was about 30 of us in this church that was sort of getting restarted. And um, they'd brought a prophetic minister in. And I'd gotten like four or five words recently. And I asked the strangest question of God. I said, Lord, today I've had so many words, I can't even contain them all. Please don't give me a word today. Please don't give me a word today. And so he lined up all these people. And I was, I think, the last one or next to the last one. He gave everyone a word. When he got to me, he stood there and stood there and going, I'm sorry, I can't get anything. And I had prayed, God, don't give me a word today. You know, I even told him I prayed that prayer. He started asking me, he said, are you saved? I said, yes. And he's going, I'm just sorry. I don't know what's going on. I'm just not getting anything for you. And I didn't even tell him, right? But that's another, that's another testament to the fact God's in these things, right? And even the day when I said he wasn't making these things up, he couldn't make something up. He was waiting for the word of God to come to me, right? Now, I want to just say, you can't go to just anybody. You can't go to a palm reader and expect just because it's spiritual for that to be God, right? So I'm just saying that to apply. A lot of people do wrong things and get into the Zodiac and all of that kind of stuff. And I'll just say, this is not what we're talking about, amen? Okay, but God does speak through the heavens. God can speak through the stars, <laughs> you know? Um, listen to this in Psalm 19. This is really a crazy verse. But I want you to pay attention to this. The heavens declare 
the glory of God. And the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor there are words whose voice is not heard. The voice goes out. What's he talking about? The voice going out from the sky. And what's in the sky? That is amazing to me. The sky's declaring. It's speaking for something. And Paul even quotes this to say the testimony of God has always been there. It's even in the sky. I don't even understand that. But all I know is all the way from Genesis to Romans, even in Revelation, it's talking about the sky speaking forth and the heavens speaking forth things about God and stars speaking. Now, this is a really, really interesting verse to me. But if you look in Revelation chapter 12, you know, it's talking about this sign and it talks about there's a sign in heaven, in the sky. A, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her head a garland of 12 stars. And then being with child, she cried out. And another sign appears, a, a fire, a dragon, etc., etc. And on his tail, and it goes on and on. I don't want to get into all this. You'll, you'll, be, uh, you'll have smoke coming out of your ears if you're trying to figure it out while I'm reading it. But anyway, she bore a male child um, who was to rule all the nations. Now, many theologians believe this is talking about the birth of the Lord Jesus, right? And it's using what? The sun. There's no question. It's talking about the sun, the stars, and the moon, and the moon isn't he? Isn't that crazy? Well, the irony of it is that this particular thing that's described here in the constellations and the, the positioning of astral bodies and combined with what caused there to be a light, a, a new star, happened one time. Uh, now, this particular thing happened a few times, has happened more than once. But it happened once in that area. And there's only one time that it's happened, from my understanding, when the star would appear. And that happened to be 3 B.C., which is believed to be around the time when Christ was born. And it wasn't on December 25th, by the way. It was on September 11th. Isn't that interesting? And I tell you something else that is so interesting. September 11th, that year, happens to be Tishri 1 in the Jewish calendar, which is what? The first day of the new year, which is what? The Feast of Trumpet. It's a trumpet call. I'm going, wow, that's just phenomenal, isn't it? For Jesus to have been born on the first of the year on Tishri 1, which happens to be the only time this thing happened to have happened. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, what are the odds of that? And then you have to say, well, why do we celebrate December 21st, right? Well, we've researched this and we understand now when he's probably, and most, a lot of people believe he's probably born September 11th, right? But back then, now let me say, some people um, really put, put December 25th in a very bad light because the sun god was worshipped on December 25th. Oh, did y'all know that? And so, um, so uh, around the 12th century, writers, theologians were saying that perhaps 
This was done to superimpose or to, to um, override the worship of the sun god, right? So a lot of people go, oh, well, this is just to replace the sun god worship. But that's not, that's really not accurate. I hope, I hope this is interesting to you because it, it, it really is to me. <laughs> you know, because we wonder, why do we celebrate December 25th? So from before that, you got, you got people like as early as, and it, it was never said before the 12th century. And, but before that, the Christian writers were saying it was a coincidence or even providential that it ended up being the 25th of December, right? So they never said that all those hundreds of years that, oh, this is to supplant the, the sun god worship. No, they didn't do that. And, uh, but then you still have to wonder where December 25th comes from. Well, this is what's believed because um, at that time, people would take a prophet or whatever um, and they would take his, the day of his death or martyrdom and they would pinpoint and say, well, this, they would assign the day of his conception to the day of his death. Okay? Y'all with me? So if some prophet died on whatever day, they'd say he was conceived that on that same date. Okay? And so there was a, we'll call it a theory, uh, that Jesus also was conceived the day he died, um, which was March 25th, because they did realize Jesus died March 25th. Right? That's when he was crucified. It was on March 25th. So if he, died, if he was there, they take nine months forward or, nine, or three months backwards to get the date when he would have been born, which ended up being December 25th. That's supposedly the most plausible explanation of where December 25th came from. Amen? Maybe it's nothing too spiritual, but I just think it's something very interesting because I do believe there, is, there's a, there was some significance to why they came up with December 25th. And, um, and those that say that December 25th was simply to, to replace the sun god, um, that, that isn't just, that's just not well-founded. Anyway, for those of you that are into that, I think that's a very important thing to know. All right, so, now, um, just as Jesus said, the sun's going to be darkened, uh, the, the, you know, the moon's going to turn to blood, whatever, um, I believe that there is a reason why these magi knew that there was going to be a star to show forth the Christ. Now, do y'all know who was head of the Magi in the times of Nebuchadnezzar? The same people. These are the same wise men from the same place where Nebuchadnezzar lived in Babylon area, right? There was a group called the Magi. Guess who was over the Magi? Daniel. He got placed over the Magi because what he heard, what he saw, was so much greater than any of them. He was their chief. And if you read in the, you know, in the book of Daniel, you can see where he was put as over all of the Magi. Now, this group has come from that group of people years later. 
Is that not strange? And you might wonder, how did this group of Magi come from that group in that Babylon area from years ago? That strange thing from that happens to be where Daniel was. Well, what, what do we believe about that? I believe Daniel, he got so many revelations, right? And Joel, who, who had revelation from God and prophesied, probably had nothing, and he's the one talking about the sun and the moon being darkened before the final coming of the Lord. I mean, I don't see him having anywhere near the level of kind of intense prophetic words Daniel had, right? <laughs> I believe Daniel told these men, there's going to be a star. You guys look for it. Be on the watch for it. It's going to be like this. And when it happens, the king of the Jews has been born. How else would they have known? Think about it. Are y'all with me? I believe the reason why these magi came, Daniel had to have told them hundreds of years ago what was going to happen, which is phenomenal to me. Man, I just think of Daniel's life. It's just an amazing life. He was always hearing things, not just for his own life, but those things to come. He was speaking all the time. He was serving us with his revelations. Amen. He's, he's getting this revelation. We're going back to, you know, God, you said 70 years and we're going to go back. He's praying that into existence, but he never got to experience it. He didn't go back, right? He's praying. He gets revelation about things to come. He gets so many insights all the time about things to come. Amen? About the end days, about the last days. Man, I don't have any doubt Daniel had a revelation about the Christ coming. And he, he spoke to that. I, I absolutely believe that's how it happened. So, this is an interesting thing too. Okay, getting back to this story. <laughs> Let's read this again. I'll see if you've ever thought of this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, wise men came, the Magi came, saying, Where is he who's been born King of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, this, you know, from the next verse, you, you understand they probably went to Jerusalem. Man, this is so interesting. Look what they're doing. They are stopping to ask directions. Y'all see that? They're stopping to ask directions. Um, uh, where is this? Now, I want you to think about this story again and, and make it real. Okay, we see the star. Oh, there it is. Daniel told us about it, guys. There it is. He's under that star. I want you to think of how crazy this would be. What if you were to knock on my door at, at uh, 10 o'clock at night. And you ask me directions to Elvita's home. And I were to step out in the middle of the field and go, she's under that star right over there. She's under that star. Think about it. What would you, what would you do? Are you serious? Okay, I know it's that way. Okay, are you serious? Right? What kind of directions is that? And this is amazing to me. 
That's all they had. And they had to step out, trusting somehow they're going to find where that guy is that was born king of the Jews. And I think they're thinking, oh, he's been born. It's in that direction. We'll get over there and we'll just ask him where he is because the Jews ought to know. Y'all see what I'm saying? <laughs> so they go and they go to Jerusalem and they go, hey, we saw the, the star. Where is your king born? They're going, what are you talking about? I mean, they're thinking, hey, if the, if the king of the Jews is born, surely the Jews are going to know where he is. Right? I mean, this is just being real with the story. And so then they're going, they're there, they're going, well, I don't know. We don't know what you're talking about. Herod hears about it. <laughs> and this is, again, just such an interesting, interesting story here. So Herod hears about it. Now, look at this. When Herod the king heard about it, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with them. Did y'all know that when these kings went to Jerusalem, it stirred up the whole city? Did you know that? The whole city was talking about it. The whole city was upset. Why are you upset? Well, these men came from afar. And in North Carolina, if you say that, that means they came from a fire, right? I remember I used to work in this company and I had to call this lady in another part of North Carolina to get or to, to rattle off some information back then. Back then we didn't have internet and that sounds crazy, right? So I'd have to tell her information from where we were doing at the plant over there and she'd always say, um, far away. And she meant fire away. Meaning, go ahead and... Y'all know what far away means, right? Go ahead. She'd always say, far away. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. When the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Now, they came from far away. Okay? And we always think, um, there's three because there's three there. Is that right? Three in that little picture, three or whatever, figurine. There's three on the movies. There's three everywhere. There's everybody. The likelihood is there was a whole bunch of them. The Bible never says three. If you know the culture and what was going on, who these men were, they probably came with them. They might have brought some soldiers with them. We don't know. But it was probably a whole bunch of guys. And when they came to town, it created a stir. Not only that, here these people from another country, a big people, renowned, and they're going, your king's been born, and we saw his star. I mean, think about it. Nobody's heard such a thing, right? I mean, that whole thing is just so, so bizarre to me. Um, just imagine if you were there, how strange that would have been. Now, let's just take a moment and think 30 years in advance when Jesus has started to do miracles. Remember, what if you'd been like a 15-year-old or 20-year-old when those wise men came and they started saying that and everybody was wondering for a week or two, 
what's that about? What's that about? What if you remembered and you go, hey, how old is that guy? I wonder if that's the guy they were talking about. You, you see what I'm saying? Maybe third, maybe everybody brushed it off and you remember later. Oh, do you remember when those guys came from somewhere and they said they saw a star and it was, it had been such, that was about the time that guy was born. I bet he is that guy that, you, you see, I just think it's interesting, but they didn't even catch it right then. They didn't even catch it. You see, and I think it's interesting too. Now, if I'd been one of these, if I'd been one of these Jewish guys, I'd have said, hey, uh, let me go with y'all and see what you find. You, you know what I mean? But they didn't even do that. I mean, that's just, it's just interesting to me. But anyway, I think that they thought they were crazy. I don't think they thought too much about it. And uh, they were going, well, God can't use that. God wouldn't do it this way. God wouldn't tell these kind of people. If God's going to do it, he'll do it. He'll tell us. And I just want to say this. This is so important. Whenever God does something in the earth, he almost always does it in a way that we're not expecting. Did y'all know that? It always happens in a way we're not expecting. You can try to figure it out. And you'll be wired a certain way. You'll think, God's going to do it this way. Oh, I'm used to God working this way. This is it. But God's going to do it some way different. And if you're not humble, and if you don't humble yourself, you're going to miss it. I don't care how much of the Bible you know. If you're not humble, you're going to miss the next thing that God does when God does it. Amen? Because for some reason, He always hides what He's going to do. And when He does it, He does it in a way nobody was even thinking about. It really is interesting. That happens over and over and over. Anyway, so, um, it's interesting that none of these Jewish people seem to have taken it and gone further but guess who did believe it? Guess who did believe it? Herod. Right? Okay, so, look what Herod does. And when Herod, so, and when Herod had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Okay, so, I want y'all to get this picture. These wise men come in, a whole bunch of them, thinking the Jews are going to tell them where this baby is so they could worship him. He's not there. They don't know where he is. And so they're waiting. While they're, they, they don't know what to do at that moment. Do y'all see what I'm saying? They're hanging around Jerusalem. While what's going on? Herod is there. He calls the priests and the scribes together. I doubt he got them all together that day. I don't know. It might have been a few days before he, he got them all together. We don't know, but somehow he got them all to come together. Right? And so he, um, when he had them together, he asked them, where was the Christ supposed to be born? Man, I just think this is neat. And then they said to him, in Bethlehem, so um, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it's known for it's written in the prophet. This is written in Micah, okay? And by the way, the Bible says things a lot of times metaphorically, allegorically, or whatnot um, with symbols, but it's always talking about specific things. Amen? You have to understand that. Okay, so anyway, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler 
who will shepherd my people Israel. From that verse, they knew that Jesus or that the Savior was going to be born in Bethlehem. Wow, isn't that crazy? Y'all see what I'm saying? How, how just neat that is? Anyway, so these priests, they, they get the insight here. Now, I just want to mention this again. Look how these priests and scribes know the Bible. Look how they know scriptures and they know facts. But they were very insensitive to what God was doing. And did you know these, these people that know facts, these scribes and priests are the very ones that rejected the Christ later? That's pretty amazing to me. So you can know a lot of facts in the Bible and you can actually believe those facts but not know God, not have your heart fight with God and not be sensitive to God. That's a very big warning for us, isn't it? It's not just about the facts you know. It's about the God you've come to know. Are you really living this thing out? And a lot of people think they know things and that's salvation. No, it's not a mental knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. It's that faith. It's that walking with Him. That changes our life. Amen? I want to encourage you today. Christianity is a lot more, following God's a lot more than a mental, you know, agreeing with facts. You got to have, you, it needs to be real down here. You got to, it's, it's about connecting with Him. It's about reconciliation with God, isn't it? All right, anyway. So uh, the, the priests tell him that. Then Herod comes back and um, he, he tells the wise men, okay, guys, I found it. <laughs> so look at this. Have you ever thought about this? God, did, I mean, think, I don't want you to think. Have you ever recognized God used Herod to tell the wise men where to go to find the Christ? You ever think about that? Do you understand what I'm saying? If it weren't for Herod, these, they wouldn't have known to have gone to the priests and scribes. If it wasn't for Herod, go and ask him. He gives the information back to the wise men, to the Magi. It's going, he's going to be in Bethlehem. That's just amazing to me. Amen? The God. And you see, all along the way, they don't know how they're going to get there. This is the way the, the faith walk is. Sometimes God shows us to go in a direction and we don't have specifics of how to get where we're going to get. It's just like, oh, there's a star over there. Oh my, I just go that direction and I'm going to end up where I need to be. Well, they're, they're probably on the way and they say, hey, how are we going to get there? In fact, sometimes maybe they didn't always see the star. It was the star today. I don't see it. You know, but then they, they go, then somebody came up with the idea, hey, let's cast the Jews. They'll know. Sometimes walking with God is that way. You don't have all the answers. You just got to go with it where it is today. So they're stuck in Jerusalem a little while. What are we going to do? Nobody's got any answers. And then Herod, of all people, reaches out to them. Hey, guys, I know where it's going to be. I've talked to the guys. I've done this research for you. I really care about this situation, too. I want you to go and worship him. Find him. He's going to be somewhere in Bethlehem. Right? So, oh, and you know what? They're very thankful to him. They're, they're probably going, man, he's the nicest guy. You ever see somebody ruler as nice as he is? He bent over backwards to help us find that guy. Man, he is so gracious. We need to make sure we go back and let him know where that's, that's, that's probably what they're thinking. 
right? You know, by the way, sometimes people can be real nice to you and you just think they're the greatest people, but you don't always know their motives. Anyway, so, so here they go uh, following what this guy has said, okay, what, what he told them. Now, look in verse 8. He sent them who Herod sent them to Bethlehem. Again, isn't that amazing? <laughs> he pointed them in the right direction where God wanted them to go. God can use anybody, can he? God can use anybody in a strange way to end up getting his purpose done. God will use some crazy people in your life, even some ungodly people in your life to help you get to where you need to be. It's just a really funny thing here. Anyway, so, um, okay, let's read this. He sent him to Bethlehem and said, go search carefully for the young child. And when you found him, bring back word to me. I want to go worship him too. And when they heard the king, they departed. Where are they going? To Bethlehem. Why are they going? Because Herod told them that's where the baby's going to be. Behold, the star which they seen before them, it, it, it came and stood over them where the young child was. Now, I really don't know how this worked. I don't know if somehow the light, I don't know what was going on, but when they got right in that area, somehow they were thinking, hey, it's almost like the star's like right over this, almost like there's a light here. I don't, I don't know exactly how that happened, right? Because that had to be a hard, difficult situation. But then they, they go, and they're right there, and they go to this house, right? They came to what? Into what in verse 11? They came into the what? House. They did not come into the manger. Y'all see that? They didn't go to the manger. This is a long time after the manger. In fact, how long after the manger time was this? Up to two years later. How do you know it's up to two years later? Well, because it says that um, Herod asked them, when did you first see the star? You remember, where is that? Anyway, he asked them, when did you first see the star? And they told him. And from there, he figured out how old the child would be and he sent people, to, he sent his soldiers to kill all the babies two years and under. Where did he get that information from? He asked them, when did that star first appear? And they said, it was about two years ago. I'm sure they were more specific than that. But there was a particular day that star appeared. And that day was September 11th, I believe. And that day highlighted the very day when he was born. And they knew that. And that's why when he went to kill, he, he killed all of the children in Bethlehem. Because they told him how old he would have been. Y'all see that? Now this brings up another interesting point. It took them almost two years to get there. <laughs> but that's so interesting to me too. So they're there and they go, hey, wait a second. You know, I know that they weren't looking for that star probably every day, but I just picture a really old man going, oh. <laughs> you know, you ever see it where they show this one guy protecting something and when he dies, then they get another guy. It's been hundreds of years since Daniel said that. 
And I could just see this one guy going, oh. Hey. Hey. You know, it's like, he's there. What? That star I've been looking for. That star I've been looking for for all these years. And the guy before me. And the guy before me. And the guy before You know, we've been. And they, they look. And they, he sure is. So what do they do? They probably go back, study what Daniel said. Go back. What did Daniel say do when that star came? Right? They're going back and trying to understand. Now what are we supposed to do? Then they had to get ready. Then they had to plan everything out. Then they had to figure out how we're going to get this team to go. It was a big endeavor. It was almost two years later before they got there. You think about that. You know? When did they start? The day they saw that star, it started. They started planning out the thing. Hey, here's the star. Now what's next? Now, you know what I believe also was next? When they're reading the things, when they're, this is what I believe, and other theologians believe this, but you don't know it. But I believe that Daniel is the one that gave them a charge. By the way, I don't think they would have done this. Why would these people come and worship a Jew king? Because Daniel gave him a charge to do it. You guys have to do this. You have to promise you're going to do this. Maybe you have to give a note. We don't know what he said. But there was a charge and a responsibility given to these people to do this, I believe, by Daniel. So when it happens, they have a responsibility. And I believe they go and they go, okay, now what are we supposed to do? Oh, yes. Now, uh, Daniel says, bring these things to him. This really blows me away thinking about what probably happened. Daniel never got married. Y'all remember, he wasn't going to get married, right? Daniel never got married, never had children. But if you read all the times he was blessed, Daniel is probably a very wealthy man. Right? So it's believed. And again, this blows me away and it just makes me almost weep for like the, just the sentiment of it. I believe what happened was Daniel had his treasures and he knew God was showing him, my son, take this to him. That's why he told him about the star. There's going to be a star. It's going to shine. I want you to send these men with this, th these things when that happens. Does that not just blow you away? Yeah. <laughs> so Daniel gives him a charge. You look. And when you see it, take all of my possessions, my gold, this, it's all for God. And you bring it to that baby. And so they're under the responsibility to go and to worship this Jewish king and present these gifts to him. And that's why they brought them. Otherwise, why would they have done it? And I'm just blown away thinking about Daniel. He never saw what he was doing, but he's doing something now in faith and just that God would use him from hundreds of years earlier to provide for the needs of the Savior is just mind-boggling to me. Really. I'm just blown away by it, okay? 
And so, so here's, and you know, just another point to prove that this didn't happen, um, you know, at the manger. Y'all remember a few weeks after the birth of Jesus, they take the child to be dedicated, right? And what did they give for dedication? Birds, the, the, the offering of poor people. If they'd come during that manger, they'd have gone, you know what, isn't it right for us to have all this gold here and bring two birds to dedicate Jesus, <laughs> right? Is that not true? But God accepted the birds because what? He accepts what he knew the heart. And I just think that's, we'll talk about that next week maybe. But anyway, so here they are, poor people. And trying to make it in a place that's sort of new to them. And boom, I bet, honestly, I mean, think about being Mary and Joseph. You know, they, they're, again, get that picture out there being in the manger and here come three wise men and they worship and all the animals are going like that. You know, this is a couple years later. This large group of wise men are there. And they come to this house and then they just, they plop this gold and frankincense and myrrh and just, I mean, it's like, I don't want to say it's like winning the lottery because I don't want to make this an unholy thing, but it's sort of like you're going, Mary, oh my. And you're looking at all these wise men and I bet, they, they're, I bet they're going, wow, even people from the other nations, look, and they, uh, they must, they've told everybody in Jerusalem, wow, I bet that they might acknowledge Jesus now and maybe everything's going to change now and maybe who knows what's going to happen. They might acknowledge him that he's the king now. Right? So, so they, it says, let me see if I can get this. Okay, um, let's, we'll skip here and go to Matthew uh, 2.13. Again, another such an interesting part of this story. <laughs> when they departed, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. But well, let, me, let, me, let me just say this. And I should say this because I mentioned this in the story. Let's say verse 12. They were divinely warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. I fully believe if they weren't told, they were going to go back because they're going to go, that was the nicest guy ever. We ought to tell him because we owe that to him, right? But they told him, don't go back that way. The angel told him. So, now, when they departed, when the Magi had departed, behold, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Rise, take the child and flee to Egypt, and stay there till I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed from Egypt. Now, put yourself in this story. This is another crazy thing, right? Here come these men. Mary and Joseph have to be excited that day. Breakthrough! Man, breakthrough! Praise God! We don't know what's happening next. 
Something great might happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen. Who knows what all the exciting things they could have been talking about that day that the, the Magi left. Oh, Mary, what might be next? What might be happening next? Oh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Breakthrough. That night, that night, an angel says, get up and move because Herod's going to come try to kill the baby. Can you believe that? And he tells Joseph. Joseph looks at Mary in the middle of the night. The same day the Magi left, I believe, in the middle of the night. Hey, Mary. Uh, Mary, wake up. Uh, Mary, we got to move. Okay, tell, tell me in the, all about it in the morning. No, we need to move. What do you mean? We need to move now. It's the middle of the night. I know we need to move now. Is this not crazy? God tells Joseph, get up and move. Now, it's the middle of the night. He gets up and he says, he took the young child and his mother by night. That's just the craziest thing to me. Man, how many of you could imagine God, you, you're all excited. Maybe you think things are going to happen one way. Maybe you got your mindset. Oh, look what might be getting ready to happen. And then God come and tell you something like that. Could you imagine even just something that simple? Could you imagine God waking you up in the middle of the night and saying, move. Okay, when? Right now. Could you imagine telling your wife that? I mean, think about how crazy that might have been. That shows me, by the way, they were still poor. They, they just moved just like that. When you don't have a lot, it's easy to move, isn't it? <laughs> That's a good thing. It's like, Mary, praise the Lord, we weren't blessed. Could you imagine loading up this donkey like that? No, uh, Peter, I'm sure you left it there anyway. I'm just joking, but... But... Um, Man, what a radical thing. And you know, this actually shows us another part about the greatness of Joseph. And Joseph is here, and um, he does immediately what God tells him. He doesn't argue. He doesn't get upset. He just does just what God tells him. And you remember, this happened before. Remember one day, He's supposed to be married to this woman and she's pregnant. Now I'd ask any guy here, what would you think if she, if she said, I'm, God did this. That's just what Joseph thought too. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm still going to be nice to her. But that's the most crazy thing I've ever heard in my life. And I, she acts like she even believes it herself. She's delusion. I don't know what's going on. But God, I'm just not going to worry with it. I forgive her. And then Lord, the Lord comes and show, shows up in a dream. It was me. That's the Holy Spirit. So marry her. So what does he do? From a dream. He didn't go up and just say, I had this crazy dream. Nah. There's no way it was God. I ain't doing that. No. 
Everybody knows, everybody's going to say this, and then I have a bad name, it's going to be shameful. He doesn't. He knows it's God. He knows it's God. And he, he gets up and does just what God told him. And here he is later. And I'll just say this. You want a big, you want a big uh, assignment from God? Don't expect something glamorous. Oh, God used me in a big way. God gave me an anointing that everybody's going to see. God gave me a business that's going to be so big and everybody's going to be acknowledged. It's so successful. You want to be used of God? I tell you, the biggest thing you need to be willing to do is obey. And obey quickly. What if he'd had somebody that was stubborn and had to think about it for a week or two? Or an after one, or wrestle with God? I'm telling you, you want God to give you a big assignment? Don't look for something glamorous. You ever think about Joseph? Joseph never had any bit of a glamorous life. He lived as a carpenter, might have done, probably died a little early. We don't know how he died. He lived for this child. He hears God, you know, hey, this is the baby from God. And then he's like in this strange situation. He's got to go to Bethlehem and he goes there and he doesn't have a place to stay. Some people have made fun about the song Silent Night and said that was the first Silent Night because Mary wouldn't talk to him because he didn't have a place to stay. Right? And so, you know, so, um, you know, so he's going there and going, God, you know, this doesn't feel like you're with me. Right? And then he's got hard times in Bethlehem. And then, and then these wise men show up. Oh, and, and then, oh, maybe God's coming again. And then, boom, uh, get up and go to Egypt. We don't know anything about Egypt. We don't, we've never been to Egypt before. We don't have jobs in Egypt. Well, you've got, you've got some gold, silver, and frankincense, though, don't you? Hmm. I guess I know what that's for now. <laughs> Isn't that right? So that took care of them. And he said, stay there until I show up again. That's what he told them. He stays there, stays there, stays there, stays waiting. And it just seems just like natural life. Hard, having to work. Most days it doesn't seem like God's showing up. It doesn't seem like there's a miracle happening. He's just having to wait until God says, now you can come back. Think about that. You know, that's what, the way a lot of life is. It's just being faithful. And we have those moments when God shows up. And even though we know God's with us, and I feel God's presence all the time, and I believe as believers we should, a lot of life is just in that moment of being faithful, waiting waiting for direction, waiting for God's next. And you know what? You've always got to be willing to do whatever God says. Everything ought to be submitted to your life. Otherwise, when God says, I want you to do this, you're going to go, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm not doing that. You'll be like Jonah, right? Don't be a Jonah. Jonah's an example of what we should not be. Joseph is an example of how we should be. So anyway, today I wanted just to share this story of the Magi with you. I just think it's an amazing story with so many neat little details. And, and what you know, the lesson behind this to me is just like, look how God uses common people in common everyday life. Um, you know, it's not glamorous. Uh, it, it's just being simple. You know, and nobody would have looked at Joseph and Mary and go, oh, you're really blessed by God except somebody like Elizabeth who could see God working in their lives. Other people walked by them 
all the time. Never thought, oh, they're the parent. They're the ones taking care of the Son of God. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? And that's the way life is. I just want to encourage you. This life is short. Man, think about, again, Joseph. He never, he's taking care of Jesus. He's heard about this. He never saw Jesus do a miracle. He never saw Jesus become king. He never saw all those things. Uh, but he died just doing his part. You see what I'm saying? And I just want to say, honestly, there's a part I want to do what God calls me, but the big thing when it's all said and done is you're going to be able to say, I did my part. I did my part. And it wasn't just for me. It's for the generation that's coming. Whether it's big in the eyes of men or small, it doesn't matter. Don't try to get praise from men and don't live for what other people are going to be thinking about you and how successful you are and how great you are. You know, if Joseph had been running after that, he could have never been God's man for the hour. He's like, I'm going to do what God says, no matter what it costs me, no matter how much I don't understand it. Amen. Well, Father, we want to thank you for this great story in the Bible about the Magi. Lord, we just pray, God, that we learn from this lesson, that, that we'd be able to apply it. And God, help us to always be ready and to be willing to step out to step out like these magi did when all they had was a star uh, to follow, uh, to get somewhere. And God, uh, like Joseph did when he married Mary, and then later when he um, went to Egypt, God is just stepping out and being obedient. Lord, help us. And God, help us to be willing to change. God, because things can go so long and it just seems like things will never change. And then, boom, things change. So God, help us to be ready for those changes. God, and unwilling when they come. Lord, we thank you for this, God. We just commit our lives to you, Lord. We commit this Christmas season to you. Help us to be a blessing to other people, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.